The Trek Files, Season 8, Episode 9, Sisterhood Memo from D.C. Fontana, December 9th, 1986. Welcome to The Trek Files, a look into the archives of Roddenberry Entertainment from the personal files of Gene Roddenberry. And now your host, Dr. Trek, Larry Nemechek. Well, welcome back, Star Trek fans. Yes, I mean, all you Star Trek historians, all you canonistas, <laughs> I say that lovingly, even you tech heads out there, um, Trekophiles, spelled with an F, you know I'm talking to you. We've got another wonderful episode this week. We're going to dive into some, some, yes, I'll just say it, some sisterhood issues. Now, you may say, what's an old guy going to talk about gender issues here, female issues on Star Trek? Well, hang on. I've got a great guest to join me here in just a second. But for now, as always, please take a look at the document that we've got there on our page at Facebook, facebook.com slash the Trek Files. That's your homework for the week. It's all painless, I, I promise you. Take a look at that, but hang on, we've got an audio sample as usual, and then I'll be right back with this week's guest. Take a listen. These women are going to be saying more than hailing frequencies open and yes, doctor. We have to let them be as fully fleshed as characters as the men. If they're going to be important, and you've set it up so they will be, they must have feelings, attitudes, and relationships with each other, as well as with the men of the crew and outsiders they will meet. Well, there you have it, Trekophiles. Um, again, this is a 1986 memo from the think tank days of early Next Generation. There's been no filming, there's been no casting, and... The characters are very much in flux, but here's Dorothy Fontana, the late great DC Fontana, in all the flurry of memos going back and forth, talking about, hey, Gene, remember, <laughs> it's the 80s and we need to step it up here, the way we deal with our female characters. And you know what? I uh, I meant when I said that. I, I'm not the one, the expert here to talk about this and reflect on this. Um, so I want to look across the generations again at an issue like this and... Uh, I thought, why not welcome back to the show our good friend, Fran Taylor. Yes, you know her as co-founder and co-host of Sci-Fi Sisters. Fran, get in here, please. And I would love to hear your perspective. This is not something that was public. This is in-house, one of the things we like to bring out. But you know what Dorothy's talking about here in, in coming up with the new show. You know what TNG wound up being. And you also very well remember what TOS wound up being, especially as the years went by, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, I did. I do. <laughs> well, I don't think I, I, most of the time when they were talking to when Beverly and Troy got together, they weren't talking. It wasn't just them. It was always some kind of guy involved. Mm -hmm. They always took on those two women were the nurturers. You know, Beverly was a doctor. Troy was a counselor. So they still basically kept the same roles that women keep in these times, in those times. So I don't think they, my personal thing, I don't think they were flushed out that much. I really don't. Yeah. 
well, I think they were nurturers of the of the of the theory. Yeah. Well, now let's let's draw a big picture here because I think the last time you joined us, you were talking about how important it was for you and millions of other people, much less little girls, much less little black girls, mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. see Uhura on the bridge. What, but did mm -hmm. it occur to you after a while? It was great to see her always in frame there with the captain. But after a while, and Nichelle talks about this too, you know, um, you can only say, as Dorothy here says, hailing frequencies open, Captain. So many times where you feel, you feel like the new has worn off and now she's just a glorified, you know, telephone operator. Right? Yeah, she was pushing buttons. She was pushing a lot of buttons there. Which yeah, was so, in the beginning a big leap, but as the years yeah. go by, well, you got to, yeah. And thankfully, the, the movies let them do a lot more with her and all the all the supporting cast. Yes, yes. But the, what, what, the series, it was different. But on the series, I just think those two ladies were, um, were, were the nurturers of the, of, the, of the show. Now, they didn't flush out Denise's, Denise Crosby's mm -hmm. um, part, you know, because, you know, we all know the story. She went to Jean and said, you know, I want to be part of the, you know, I want to be part, I want to do that. She was chief of security, yeah. you know, and she barely did anything. I mean, she did a little stuff, but she wasn't, she wasn't, she wasn't like the, she wasn't part of the triumphant, of course. You know, which right. was Riker, uh, Data, and Picard. You know, right. she was chief of security, and he, according to what she says, just said, "No, it's not about you. It's about these people." And she has to be let go. So, and then they kill the character off. Right. Well, so, that's yeah. We talk about Troy and because there's an evolution to Troy and Crusher too that I want to get to because of a woman's influence. When mm -hmm. Jerry Taylor got into the mix writing the shows. Oh, I love, yes. Right, later yes. on. But in the beginning, it should, we should fairly point out that it was um, when they were experimenting, you know, they were going from the 60s model of the lead, the second banana, and everybody else, which was Kirk Spock. Mm -hmm. and, you know, and now we've had the Hill Street Blues, we've had the L.A. Law, the, the ensemble revolution on TV. Right. Mm -hmm. So they're trying mm -hmm. to see just the way I think modern Star Trek Try, had to get through the the had to jump through the hoop of how do we write Star Trek as a serialized show in the eighties they were thinking how do we write Star Trek as an ensemble and sure Picard will be the lead and Riker and eventually Data are the you know so they're mm -hmm. looking at the ensemble and in the eight or nine main characters three were women and it was a radical step to have Tasha Yar be the security chief so let's not you know even though Denise wanted out. And we wound up with the two women, like you say, more in nurturing roles for a while. At least they did start off trying to, they did try to, you know, forge that and have a woman in an unconventional role and have Denise be tough. It was just a matter, she just thought she was getting lost in the mix, right? In the and went, yeah. yeah. It's almost sad that the biggest, think of it, the, of the shows that Denise had, guess what? Remember her biggest spotlight show? Yes. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> Are we talking about the same show? Yeah, I think we're talking about the CH show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I it was. I, Code of Honor, I'm, everybody. Yes. Yeah, I. So, I mean, but apart show. from all the depiction issues, that was said. You know how they say, let's have a, this is going to be a Troy show. This is going to be a Riker show. This Riker is going to be. And unfortunately, <laughs> Denise's was. Denise got the short straw. <laughs> yeah. I think. I think yeah. it, most people thought that. You know, because I was, I was sitting there looking at it with my mouth open. I'm like, okay, well, 
what are they trying to say here? You know, so yeah. But um, I you know I think her part could have been flushed out more. Mm-hmm. I think she could have been tougher. Cause she you know she played the part tough and everything. But I think she could have been flushed out. And they didn't quite get the ensemble thing down till right a lot later. Right, which I is think, what you expect. Yeah. I mean, the gel, you know, yeah. the second season it gelled, third season it really took off. But yeah, um, and you know, and Denise is in there trying to play somebody from a troubled, traumatic background. Background, you know, yeah. I had to escape the rape gangs. I mean, yeah. which oh yeah, you, know, you had the one little flashback. So there was so much with Tasha that could have been if she had just held on, you know. But at the time, nobody knew where the show was going. But as far as Crusher and Troy, um and roles for the women when Jerry Taylor got into the mix fourth and fifth seasons. And that's when you started, that's when we got into this whole thing about, Oh, look, Beverly's got command training. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. she's a commander. She's not just a brevet rank that they give doctors. She's in command training. And then we actually see Troy go through, you know, the command training and what? the struggles. And that's Jerry yeah. Taylor's, uh, if you know, do you, were you consciously aware watching next generation go by of, of of noticing that or rooting for it? Well, I wanted them to be more, um, well, well, you know, Troy could, Troy could actually tell Picard how she felt. You know, mm-hmm. she could actually talk to him because of her role in the show as a counselor. And, of course, Beverly could do the same thing because she was a doctor. So, technically, she could order him around if she wanted to. Mm-hmm. So, they, they both kind of spoke up. But I... I was, I was kind of bothered by Troy's outfit. Mm-hmm. You know, she, there was always, you know, cleavage, right. you know. And, you know, me being a feminist, I look at things like that. And people say, well, why don't you just look at it like have fun? I'm like, but her boobs are, you know, at the forefront. Well, how can you cancel somebody when your boobs are at the forefront? You know, I did. I really, yeah. I really did, you know. So when when uh, Jellico told her to put some clothes on, I was so glad. I was so glad he said, "Put some clothes on." Well, he didn't say in those words, but I I like yeah. I like that she did get into a uniform. And then she seemed to me when she was in a uniform, when she got in the actual blue medical, I mean science uniform, she seemed more intelligent to me. Mm-hmm. To me, you know, because you know that's when she went through the command training and everything. She had on that blue right. uniform right after that. So. Yes. Yes. Right. And uh, and and the the disaster episode where she was arguing with Roe and O'Brien. She outranked everyone, but no one took her seriously. Sure right. did. Because because Roe just wanted to like just just go all just bulldoze away on over her and all that. Mm-hmm. And you know, and I'm glad she listened to to uh, O'Brien and everything. But Roe, you know, I like Roe. Roe was really something else. I I liked I. Not necessarily in that, but that was that was a part that she played. I liked her on the show. Mm-hmm. I really did. But she was, she was that character was brought in to shake things up and get them out of their complacency, yeah. and she sure did. And she did that. That she worked did. well. She and did. then I mean, you know, Gene. We call the show the Chuck Files because we're looking at the Roddenberry Files, and Gene passed away in '91. Right? Yeah, he didn't really he did. see the impact of what Jerry brought to Next Gen, much less. You know, he barely saw the outline of DS9, but the idea that Kira is this tough, tough fighter 
who has who has the baggage of being a terrorist fighter, you know, and sorting all that out. But we see that we see, you know, as far as the, all the female characters to come and then much less by the time we get to Voyager and it's kind of like this you know, anointed, and now the female captain <laughs> time, you know. But you know what, What? because what, um, it bothers me still, and I know this is thematic or whatever, I liked it on Voyager when they first addressed her as sir, and mm-hmm. she said, I am not, do not address me as sir. She said, yes, captain, yes, but I am not a sir, because I, I still don't understand the military thing of, addressing women officers as sir i don't get it you're not a sir they, they are ma'ams or commander or captain or whatever so i like that and i said jerry taylor that's jerry taylor's uh doing i knew it had to be mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and i and i like that yeah so. well i just thought it was interesting that dorothy back in the day here is talking and she titles her, <laughs> when I thought of you, I, she titles her memo, Sisterhood, which, uh, yeah, yeah. So, and then, I mean, then now we look at the modern shows and we've got women from day one on Discovery. And it was sad that we've had this pushback, right? Um, well, and I, th- I still think it's from the ampli- overly amplified sliver of fandom in the audience out there. That's just the, the trolls out it, there. It because, is. Yeah, I think mainstream fandom is totally up with everything that's up happened. Up Right, right. I mean, really up for that show. And you just got your other, you know, your other little loud uh, minority out there who's um, pushing, who are pushing their agenda about it, you know. Like, well, why, you know, one, somebody asked, you know, this one of the episodes, I can't think of the episode where she stayed in the stormy weather. That's what it was. And uh, this is on Discovery. And it was like, well, why does Burnham have to, you know, do everything? And I'm saying, and I said this in a group, she's the captain of the ship. The captain stays with the ship. What's the problem here? You know, I mean, it's so obvious that it's like, why does she have to, of course she's going to stay with the ship. She's the captain. What? What? Well, that's your, there's your TNG revolution because Kirk used to beam down and with some hindsight, everyone said, you know, why is the, that wouldn't happen in the Navy. You'd send the expendable, not expendable, but you know, the captain, they've invested all this trait, right. And that was the big Riker, you know, is the the away team leader. Right. Yeah. They changed for that. They changed. Yeah. I, uh, I, you know, we, we, we've gone this entire time talking about this memo and not mentioned the Bechtel test. And the other thing that struck me about this memo, here's Dorothy writing in 86. She's basically kind of talking about the Bechtel test before it was, a th- before it was invented, right? Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. That women can have conversations in drama about something besides the men in their lives. Besides them. <laughs> yeah. Even if they are ghosts and lamps. But go ahead. <laughs> well, you went there. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> ghosts and the lamps. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's a curve. Again, we said this the last time you visited with us, that Star Trek pushed the envelope in the 60s just to be there. And can I just say really quickly, I had forgotten this, because there are times over the years when I wince at the miniskirts in the original series. If nothing else is for practicality, you're going to beam down to this marginally class M planet that's cold without a... <laughs> I mean, that's budget. I know. That's costume budget. But still... You know, you're going down to the miniskirt. But there was somebody, I had some women of that era point out to me a couple of years ago that, you know, for about five minutes, for like a year or two, 
a miniskirt was a very radical shake up the status quo statement. Yes, it was. It wasn't I, I, just a leering old old guy peering at you. It was no. telling the old guy designers that you can't tell me where my hem is going to be. Exactly. Yes. And 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 back in our skirts were so short that it 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 kind of did a ripple effect cuz when I was in high school, when I first went to high school, you couldn't wear girls couldn't wear slack. Okay, we couldn't hmm. wear slack. Seriously, slack jeans, nothing. We always had to wear skirts. But our skirts got so short that if we went up the stairs, mm -hmm. you know what happened. Mm -hmm. So they said, okay, now you can wear pants. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was, at least in my, in, my, in, in my hometown. Okay. So the reason why we got to wear pants because our skirts got so short. Yeah. Well, so. but that's where the, everybody, you know, that phrase, who wears the pants in this family? <laughs> <laughs> that was go. totally it. That was totally it. That was it. Oh, well, Fran, thank you again for joining me and for this topic of sisterhood. I, I and, and looking at it from uh, all the different eras and perspectives. Um, yeah, I saw this. I came across this memo and thought, here's one. Here's one. We need just the right person to talk to about it. And oh. and to bring our newer fans. And this is what I like about talking to you. Uh, somebody who can represent uh, more aspects of fandom than I can, <laughs> but Aww. from but from across the decades like that. So thanks again for joining us again. I, I, we have to have you back again sometime. Well, thank you for having me. And I'll be, I will be glad to come back. Okay. Until then, oh, we can hear you over on Sci-Fi Sisters. The Trek Files is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment. Now, all of our documents and your chance to comment are available at facebook.com slash the Trek Files. And for more deep diving of Star Trek behind the scenes, visit Dr. Trek and Portal 47. That's me at LarryNimacek.com. And that's where you can link in too for all the new Trek Files swag and shirts at our Tee Public shop too. Trek well, everybody. This is a Roddenberry podcast. For more great podcasts, visit podcast.roddenberry.com.